This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. That's lovely. Can you hear me? Excellent. I don't know about great. Maybe mediocre. Let's, let's, let's not set the benchmark too high now. Now, I didn't realise when, um, when Phil for me to, uh, to swap over that actually this was the first run of the new year. So um, I feel a little bit like um, I need to bring you something that's going to set you up for the year. I'm not. All right. So it's probably going to be just something for you to ruminate on maybe over a cup of tea after. All right. So just think about that. Um, so hello. Welcome. Hello to online listeners, wherever you may be in the world. How lovely. Um, they could be somewhere exotic like Pembrokeshire, couldn't they? You know, it, it could be happening globally for us like Heretigion. So um, hello. Um, see, I looked away. I looked into the ether when I did that. Hello, online listeners. Um, new year. New you. No. Rubbish. New year. Let's carry on, yes? Yes? You were fabulous in 2015. You're going to be fabulous in 2016. Yes? Yes. Right. I'm going to do a bit of an Emily. When I say amen, you say amen. Okay? Or something. Oh, do you know, I really love it when we do that. And you think, I could get you to say anything. Couldn't I? Everyone say flamethrower. You know? And I, you, know, you just want to, oh, the power. But I don't. So... What we want to do this year is, and now it's easy to think of December the 31st as some sort of ending and January the 1st as a new beginning. But really what we're doing is changing and changing and changing and changing, isn't it? You know, you don't want to sort of, you, you achieved, we all achieved some really brilliant stuff in 2015, 2015, 2015. But we don't want to leave that behind, do we? We want to build on that change in 2016, don't we? So it's not about, yes, some things now we need to let it go. Don't say, just leave that there and leave it alone, and then move on to new things in 2016. So it's going to be an exciting year. Yeah. It's going to be a fulfilling year. Yeah. Are you resolved to changing? Yes. I am. I'm resolved to changing. The person I am today here now, this time next year, I want to be a different person, but not in some sort of, you know, crazy, woolly-minded um, way in that I'm now, you know, hey... I'm just a totally different person now. You know, I said, like, I still want to be fabulous, brilliant. Andrea, I am. Okay? But build on that to be even more fabulous, even more wonderful. Because I was created in his image, as were all of you. So how bad can you be? Right? Do, do you know what I mean? No. Inside, we're all sin- all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Yes. But, you know, you are created in his likeness. So I'm endeavoring this year to change from glory into glory. Yes? Set your aim high. Aim high. Yes? Don't like, well, I'm just going to not eat so much Toblerone and I'm not going to, you know, all that is good stuff. You know, I'm laying off crisps. This is it. Way forward. But, you know, also I am going to become more Christ-like. That's a good goal to have, isn't it? So we're going to start our year as we mean to go on. It's all going to be fantastic. We are, I'm still sort of hooked into what relationship with Jesus means. I can't move away from it. So when I was asked to speak, we're still going to be doing stuff about relationships with Jesus. Is that okay? If you'd said no, I would have just done, we did our little chat, little Q&A. You could have found out all about me. Um, it would have been just wonderful for you. But instead, we move on, Yes. You are blessed to be a blessing. We have relationship with God and with, through Jesus Christ so that we can pour out that blessing to other people. Do we endeavor when we are spreading our gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ to our friends, to be Christ in that situation? Clearly not. Okay, but, but, but that's okay because often we're not. 
But this year is the year that we resolve to be salt and light in our communities. Yes? To lead the lost to Jesus and to change the way we live for Christ. In his name and for his glory. Amen. Yes, amen. This is what we're going on with doing. We are blessed with the fullness of relationship with Jesus. And that is what we are building on this year. Well done, all of you. And on that note, we will, Lee, reveal the scripture to the waiting masses. Here we go. I've put on my glasses of seriousness. I shall now read the word of the Lord. Is it Philippians 4? If you have a Bible, if you don't. I, well, I hope you've all got one. You might not just have it with you. If you haven't got one, I'll put abs. I mean, you know, we'll sort that out for you. Right, here we go. Now, we're going from verse 2, okay, on to verse 9. Here we go. I plead with you, Odia, and I plead with Syntyche to agree with each other in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, loyal York fellow, help these women who have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice! Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Oh gosh, I could sing of your love forever, Lord. You know, the background to this book, Paul wrote this book to the church in Philippi. He was in jail when he wrote this book. He was under arrest and he still sung the praises of his Lord and Saviour. This book, it is an ode to joy. Okay, the book of Philippians. Joy in suffering, joy in believing, joy in struggling, joy in serving. Just the fullness of joy in, your, in Christ his Saviour. This book was not written as a call to mindless joy, you know? Just keep smiling, it'll all be fine. Here are your circumstances, aren't they dreadful? Keep smiling, fake it till you make it, you'll be fine. This is a book that says, I am joyful not because of any of the circumstances that surround me, I am joyful because Christ has come. That's what this book says. That's what Paul is exhorting people to say. Listen, he says, listen to this. All of this is going on, but you find your joy in Christ. Okay? So we're going to move on. Lots of things I'm going to say. I've only got three points. It's maybe all of these. And this is such, such a remarkable piece of scripture, isn't it? And we know it so well. But I'm not maybe going to focus on the stuff that you think I'm going to focus on. We're going to just look at three points. And this is all about the title for this speech this morning. I said speech. I didn't mean it. I was just going a bit above myself. Um, is a perfect relationship. Christ came so that we could have a perfect relationship with him. Not just a relationship, 
a perfect relationship. There's that famous quote, isn't there? Jesus Christ didn't come to start a religion. He came to have relationship with us. He didn't come just so that, you know, you could be, you know, every teeny weeny nitpicking point about doctrine and argue it for the rest of your lives, but not practice one word of it, not enjoy one second of it. So you can tell me the eschatology of the book of Esther. Well, hey-ho, well done. The book of Esther is a wonderful book. But you know what? If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, then what's the point in you telling me anything? Because we need to be demonstrating it to people, don't we? This is what Paul is saying. This is what Paul is saying right here. He says, I'm in jail, but I'm an ambassador in chains, he calls himself. Because it doesn't matter where I am, I can be salt and light wherever. I can be in jail and be salt and light. And he describes, this book describes unity with Christ, the perfection of our relationship with Christ. And he describes it. The unity is spiritual. We are spiritual beings, aren't we? I am. Rest of you, maybe. I don't know. Yes, we're spiritual beings, aren't we? So our union with Christ is spiritual. Our union with Christ is vital. It is living. It is dynamic. It is not something that stagnates over time. So you don't become a Christian, leave that alone. I repented once, now I don't have to do anything about it. So this union is like sort of in jelly over here, you know, forever. It doesn't change. It's dynamic. It's vital. You change from glory to glory, more into the image of the living God, in the likeness of Jesus. And that happens as you grow and enjoy your relationship with him. So it's dynamic. It's spiritual because it's all about Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Always. Your relationship with Jesus, mark this. It's rocket science. You you know, let's try and get this. Your relationship with Jesus is all about Jesus. Right? I know, I've rocked some people's worlds right there with that. Your relationship with Jesus is not about you. It is not about somebody else's relationship with Jesus. Your relationship with Jesus is all about Jesus. We all right with that for 2016? Think we can do that? It's all about Jesus. So it's spiritual. It's vital. It's holistic. It embraces the whole person. Yes? Worship the Lord your God with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, with all your heart. It's holistic. Everything that you are, everything that encompasses you, Jesus wants. Yes, he wants relationship with every single bit of you. Which is why when Emily spoke last week, we are poured out as a sacrifice, aren't we? Where we become less and he becomes more because all of us, every bit of us, belongs to him anyway. Don't you love it, though? Isn't it exciting? Okay, but there's more. It's also, and this is wonderful, dissoluble. It stands forever. It's eternal. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. Right? Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. You can separate you from the love of Christ, but nothing else can separate you. Jesus will never leave you. You have just sung that, have we not? He will never leave you. Now, your relationship is based on trust and belief and faith, and you have to believe all of that. So in order to grow in your relationship, you have to believe that Jesus does exactly what it says on the tin. Yeah? He will not leave you or forsake you. He loves you. He died for you. And your relationship is based 
on love. And it's all about him and nothing about me. And that is the most freeing thing you can do. You know, the freedom in becoming less and watching him become more in your life. I tell you, that's what the world misses. That's what they can't see. They think Christianity is a set of rules and regulations to follow, a telling off if you get something wrong. And they miss the fact that it is freedom indeed. It is for freedom that Christ set you free. For freedom. So, we've got three points. So, point number one. Points to consider. Okay? We have eternal union with the perfect Christ. Yes? We have eternal union with the perfect Christ. So, can we put up, can we break down the verses now then, Lee? Where we've just got, here we are. Isn't she marvelous? She did that without me asking. Right. So, this is, here he is. Before this, we have had chapter three. I know, right? That's not hard to work out. Chapter three is amazing. Chapter three tells you how to run your race, how to stand firm. He said, this is how you do it. Do all of this. I press on for the goal that is in God in Christ Jesus. You stand fast. You stand firm. And chapter four begins with, what is it? Therefore, my brothers, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, that is how you should stand firm. So he's given them the blueprint in chapter three. He said, that's how you do it. And then he says, now about this bickering that's going on. He's been ever so gentle. He said, this is how I want you to do it. But you have to sort this stuff out. Right? No judgment here this morning. No condemnation. It's like Emily said last week, the then. You want the first bit? You have to do it. Because the second bit's brilliant. So if you want part two, you've got to do part one. So if you want to put all of God and all the promises he's got for you into practice, we have to know this is an urge for us to live at peace with one another. Unity, friends. Unity. Christ is bigger than all our petty disagreements and arguments. Okay? And time is short and the world is dark. And we need to be salt and light. Any petty arguments that we have can be put aside. The power of forgiveness, the gospel of forgiveness that Jesus Christ lived out on the cross for us stands eternal over all of time. It's split time in two. Whereby we now practice the forgiveness that he extended to us. None of this is rocky sense. I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but we withhold. And we withhold relationship. And by withholding relationship and forgiveness from others, we make our relationship with Christ imperfect. His relationship is eternal and perfect. We make it imperfect. The second we don't do what Jesus wants, we step out of grace and place ourselves under law. Right? And the law is death. But grace is freedom and life to those who believe in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. So you see, when you withhold forgiveness, you kill yourself. Can you see this now? These people were contending together. They were sisters in Christ contending together. It is possible to bicker amongst ourselves. We have a common purpose, a common goal, and lest we forget, a common enemy. But we are so busy bickering amongst ourselves... Sitting there licking honey off his fingers, doing, they're doing my work for me. Look at this in the church. Don't have to worry about them. They're so dysfunctional, I can sit back and wreck other people's lives. Because we are doing it for him. I urge you, brothers, if you have anything against another brother here today, reconcile. 
If you are unable to reconcile, because as far as it, it stands with us, we live at peace with all men. If you are unable to reconcile, at least reconcile it to yourself. Let not one trace of bitterness, a root of it, grow up amongst you. If you cannot reconcile with that person, you need to be reconciled to yourself that you have done everything you possibly can. You need to forgive them, you need to repent, and you need to let go. If you want a perfect relationship, that is what is required. Is that okay? I am not here, as Elizabeth I would say, I have no interest in making a window into men's souls. What you do is between you and God. But I'm here to encourage and exhort you to say, if you want a perfect relationship with Jesus, forgive, repent, and reconcile. You may have people who don't want to reconcile with you. Your sorry won't be good enough. Or you're waiting for somebody to say sorry to you. They may never say sorry to you. You may never get an apology for the horrors that people wrecked upon you. You need to reconcile that because Christ is bigger. He's bigger than all your hurts. He's bigger than all the injustice that has been served upon you. He's bigger than your unhappiness, your anxieties. He's bigger than it all. I'm not being trite here today. Okay, I'm not saying, oh, this is a glib grace. Look at that. I'm talking about the power that raised Christ from the dead working in you to affect the people in your world and to perfect your relationship with God through Christ Jesus. That's what I'm talking about here today. And he tells us, the second point, just in this, this is about our eternal unbreakable relationship with him. He calls the person he's writing to here a loyal yoke fellow. I love that. I love that. A loyal yoke fellow. Jesus' yoke is easy and his burden is light. Are we loyal yoke fellows? And we need to recognize what that means. It means that he's there all the time and it's unbreakable. He doesn't go and all we need is Jesus and only Jesus. I, I know I'm not... I'm, I, this is, we know all this stuff. We know all this stuff, but we need to do this stuff. We need to say, I trust Jesus. But you know what? Then you're texting 30 people because you need prayer. Right now, prayer is brilliant and works but you know sometimes a problem shared is a problem hard but a problem spread around everyone is a problem quadrupled trebled madid you know how are you dealing with stuff if you want to talk about it to everyone all the time right some stuff is between you and god some stuff yes we abide with our brothers and sisters don't we in prayer we absolutely do hands up we do but if you have an issue that needs resolving Please hear what, I, what I'm saying. I, I mean this, you know, with utmost compassion and mercy. If it needs, if there's a situation that needs sorting, sometimes it's you that needs to change. Right? And picking the scab off a wound just so you can tell everybody about it all the time does not change you. It just mires you in a situation that you are never going to get out of because ultimately, you don't want to get out of it. Change is difficult. Change can be very painful and it can hurt. But what we can't see when we're in it is how change sets us free. Christ sets you free. And we choose to be bound to slavery. There's nothing new under the sun, does there? They were telling us this thousands of years ago. I just want to sort of visually explain to you. Would you come with me for a minute? It's fine. Come with me. I would have asked my sister, but she's gone out with Thomas because um, she's used to me touching her. You might not oh, like that. Okay. It, won't be in, it won't be inappropriate, rest assured. I've been DBS checked, everyone. Right. So this is how you go. Right. So 
The Bible tells us that let us agree together. When two are in agreement, when they align their steps and walk together. So left, left, we're just going to walk over there. Left foot first. Ready? One, two, three, go. So this is you and Jesus all the time. Back. Look at that. <laughs> I can make her do what I want. I have the power. No, so stand there. Stand there. Don't move. So that's your relationship with Jesus. Do you see it? That was only shopping. You walk step in step. You align your steps with Jesus. What he does you do. You're listening to his voice. You're walking in his steps. And the beauty of Jesus' yoke, why he tells you it's like a yoke was something they used to, to hook cows, oxen up together. So it was around their neck so that they could walk at the same speed. You could force them to walk at the same speed. Jesus doesn't have to force anything. And when you get weary, ready? Left foot. You can do this on Jesus. Do you see? He doesn't drag you. Come on, I'm on your yoke. Get on with it. Right? Get up. If she doesn't get up, that's it. That's it. I'm done with the cross. It's right? Jesus just says, do you know what? We can walk. You just lean on me for a bit. So lean on me. So when you walk, and do you know what? And that's what he does. He just says, do you know what? Is it a bit heavy for you? Just lean on me. Just lean on me. I'm going to go a bit slower maybe. Are you all right with that? Left foot. Let's go. But what you don't do with Jesus is stand still. Thank you very much. Isn't she just gorgeous? And, as we've just proved, very good at walking. Well done. (laughs) Not as good as me, but, you know, with practice. But but that's what we're doing. That's that's just a really quick visual. You walk with you. When he says he never leaves you or forsakes you, he never leaves you or forsakes you. Can you get that image in your head? where you are walking with him all the time. And sometimes the reason Jesus has to tell the disciples, look, my yoke is easy, my burden is like, because they're like this. Oh, it's hard work, isn't it? this loving Jesus, Malachi, it's such hard work. You know, the joy of the Lord is lost because you're carrying things you shouldn't be carrying. The joy of relationship is lost because you feel like you're being dragged along by a force that is out of your control. Whereas Jesus is so freeing. He's saying, if you would only give that to me to carry, you know, we could just walk on fine. We might walk a little bit slower, but we never go backwards and we never stand still. Because you are my child and I love you. So why don't you just come with me? Just walk with me. Put your shoulder here. I'll put my arm here. You're going to be fine. But we don't want to believe that, do we? We don't want to trust in an almighty God because it means we might have to change and leave some things behind and those things as toxic as they are sometimes have become our comfort and also because we don't create any discrepancy between our internal and external worlds we won't admit to our flaws and weaknesses so it's easy for you to believe I've got it all together up here why because I'm telling you I've got it all together I haven't got it all together No way have I got it all together. But if I stood up here and just said, it would be the easiest thing in the world for me to just look up here and tell you how wonderful my life is. And you'd be thinking, she's got it all together. Or has she? Do you know, there's no, you've got to have that discrepancy. You've got to have that awareness that the way I am living does not match up to the things I am saying. I'm telling people I've got this relationship with Jesus, but actually I'm doing this. That is a discrepancy. And that's a break in your relationship. That's a spike in your relationship. You see, can we move on to the next bunch of verses? You see, the Lord is near. The Lord is near. And that's why he's telling us to rejoice. Not because, um, you know, you know what? Well, ain't no room for no miserable Christians. You know, we'll j- just get happy. Happy. You know, pointless. Pointless, pointless, pointless. Positive mind is claptrap. 
you know, sorry if um, anybody's very much into their mindfulness and positive thinking. It has a place. Of course it has a place. But could you live your life like that? No. As a Christian, should you live your life like that? No, because where's Jesus? My joy is the joy of the Lord. And his joy is not, you know, it's all the words that we think of when we mean joy. It's happiness, mirth, merriment, pleasantness. It's every lovely, lovely thing. If you look in the Oxford English Dictionary, the, in the thesaurus part, the flip word to it, there is only one word, sadness. There are so many words for joy. And we can surround ourselves with those words. But there's only one word for the flip side. It's sadness. And he did not bring a gospel of sadness. When Jesus died on the cross, he did not bring a gospel of complexity. He did not bring a a gospel of conflicting. He did not bring a gospel of issues. He did not bring a gospel of sadness. And, um, you know, but in time when I get myself right, he did not bring a gospel of anything other than love, joy, peace, grace, self-control you know overcoming all those words that's the gospel that we walk out every day and when we find it hard we lean on him is is this okay can you see where i'm going with this i don't know how long i've been what time did i start probably five minutes ago don't worry we'll get on with it everyone okay we're gonna be fine we're gonna be fine because this is the other thing all right so now we're in this dynamic relationship with him we're in a the lord is near i bet you know all you thought i was going to be talking about do not be anxious give all your prayers to jesus yeah do that do that dash it all do that right that's a good thing to do but i am speaking here today about you being a temple of the holy spirit one corinthians yeah 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 Verse six, chapter 6, verse 9, you are a temple of the Holy Spirit wherein he dwells. You see, the word was made flesh and dwelt amongst them. But now the word is with us and in us. Yes? Oh, the same power that raised Christ from the dead now lives in you if you are a believer. Oh, don't you love that? Isn't that the most amazing thing? That the... My mother thinks so. <laughs> that is why she is my mother. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have need of another. But, you know, the same power that raised Christ from the dead now resides in you if you are a believer in Christ Jesus. And you tell him your issues are too big for him to break them. I'm not being condemnatory i'm not judging i'm saying in 2016 let's have a new landscape of who jesus is in our life of the might and glory and power of jesus if we want Armand for to believe that why would they when you don't why would they when the church doesn't why would they for one second take my word that jesus is mighty and overall when i'm not living that out when my life is one of defeat not victory when my life is one of sadness, not every joy that he brings me. I'm a total rejoice. Shout it out. Live it. It's active. It's a verb. It's a doing word. You don't feel it. You do it. <laughs> you don't feel happiness. You are happy. Do it. And I know there are people go through terrible things. And I dare say this year, God, you know, being all we will go through terrible things again. But we will go through them together with Jesus at the helm and he never leaves you or forsakes you. He never leaves you or forsakes you. 
Can we get that? Can we understand that he's at the bottom of the door? And that our surrender, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does one thing. He does several things. But the main thing he does, what does he do? He convicts us of sin against God. That's the Holy Spirit's job. So if you are living not reconciled with enemies, it's a big word, isn't it? Enemies. But we build up enemies. I don't think I've got any enemies. You know? But we... We encourage that, don't we? If we are not friends with someone, what's the flip side? Think of it in terms of opposites, in polar opposites. If I'm not their friend, I'm their enemy. <laughs> if I don't love them, I hate them. Start thinking, because it's easy to say, well, you know, I don't like you, but I love you. What does that mean? Think for one second, what does that mean? Gospel, Jesus did not bring a gospel of like. He brought a gospel of love. So if I don't like someone, I don't love them. I love you, but I don't like you. You might as well say to someone, I hate you. That's what you're basically saying. It's condemnation upon condemnation, isn't it? We need to think about our dialogue. We need to think about our words. And especially if we call ourselves Christians, we need to think about what we are imparting into people's lives. Yes? Your surrender to him. You see... It's our obedience. And the opposite of obedience is sin. It's disobedience. And when you are disobedient, you are out of the will of God. It is sin. God cannot be in the presence of sin. So when the Holy Spirit... See, see how gracious God is, though? He gives us the Holy Spirit to nudge us and say, that's not right. So that we've got an instant opportunity to put it right. Otherwise, we are out of his will. You know... We just had Jeremiah up there as well. For I know the plans I have for you. Plans to build you up and prosper you. Plans to give you a hope. Future. You step out of your future. We remove ourselves from the future God has for us by our own behavior. But the Lord is near. The Lord is near. The Lord is not far away. The Lord cannot be bothered. The Lord is near. But if you don't rejoice and believe that he's near how can you not be anxious and pre present your prayers and petitions to god it all adds up doesn't it it's not one bit out here right i'll try my best not to worry and then i'll pray about it and it'll all be fine have you rejoiced are you rejoicing is your life one of rejoicing do you believe that the lord is near and can answer your prayers or even if you're not praying that he loves you and that he's close to you I hope this isn't too heavy, and I really, really hope that I'm not making people think, oh my gosh, I've got so much to put right. But if you are thinking you've got stuff to put right, hallelujah, put it right. <laughs> That's why you feel like you need to put stuff right. It's because you need to put stuff right. So, hallelujah, you can put stuff right. Isn't God gracious? And you know what? David did that, didn't he? Creating me the purest of heart according to your unfailing love. Renew a steadfast spirit within and wash away my sin and make me like the snow, but even whiter still. A pure heart. And he also prays in the Psalms, doesn't he? Forgive me for the sins I don't even know I'm committing. So don't be sitting there all deluded thinking, pretty, this is all great, Andrea, well done. That's lovely, but I think you'll find I'm sinless. All the best. Love me. Right, you know, great, great. But pray them for the sins you don't know you're committing. Because we all do them. Final point. I don't know how long I've been. Five. <laughs> Again, let's keep going. The last bit. The last bit. The last bit, finally. 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 Finally, brothers. This bit. The whatever. This is where relationship, perfect relationship brings us to. 
to the whatever. I'll do whatever. I'll do whatever. But some of us say, I'll do whatever, I'll do whatever, I'll do whatever, I'll do whatever. But we forget all of this whatever that we're meant to do. Because this is what we're meant to do. We're meant to focus on everything that is noble, praiseworthy, excellent, pure, lovely, admirable, oh, right, noble. Noble's a lovely word, isn't it? Isn't noble a lovely word? Uh, all these things that we're supposed to focus on, and we're supposed to focus on them, not because it's edifying for us, which of course it is, but because that is what we are meant to reflect to other people. Do you see, does that resonate? Yeah. We are meant to reflect on that because that's what we're meant to become. <laughs> so when we say we're salt and light, that's all good stuff. So when people look at us, they should see all good stuff. They should see loveliness and purity and nobility and things that are praiseworthy and excellent. And this brings us down to behavior, doesn't it? This again brings us back to that issue of sin and obedience. If you want peace, 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 peace is the absence of conflict. It isn't just peace and quiet, is it? It isn't just silence. Peace isn't silence. Peace is the absence of conflict. When Christ died on the cross for us, he signed a peace treaty once and for all against sin. That said, I have conquered it. You can now live in peace. And we stir those conflicts up, don't we? Because we think we know what's best. But we focus on whatever is true whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. In your lives, in our worlds, we focus on all of that and we become all of that because what you water, that's what will grow. If you're focusing on how awful everything is, if there's a drudgery in your life, if there's a hardship in your life, if there's tragedy and trauma sometimes in your life if you focus on that you will never escape its chains but you focus on how lovely and i can tell you one thing in everybody's world if you're a christian that is lovely and that is jesus so if you've got nothing if you can cling on to nothing else in your day if it is so awful and i imagine that for some people it really is you know i'm not saying that i you know god has blessed me out of hand you know but he has and he's blessed us all, but I've been fortunate enough not to know too much tragedy and trauma. I've known some, but not as much as others, and my heart goes out to you. But even in the midst of that awfulness, Jesus is true, is lovely, is noble, is admirable, is praiseworthy, he is excellent, and he is everything that you could possibly need so if you have nothing else that you can think on that is lovely think on jesus the author and perfecter of your faith who is loveliness itself and i don't say lovely in some sort of namby pamby small way i mean he is light he is life he is all glorious and that is lovely in our eyes yes so you think on that you think on all of that he is unchanging and unchangeable and his relationship with you is unchanging and unchangeable. Focus on all these things. What is our example into others? Because you see, we are called to put it into practice. That, that, that isn't just a little suggestion Paul's got at the end. And if you feel like it, be nice to other people. No? And if you feel like it, do something that's a little bit lovely. And if you feel like it, come to church. And if you feel like it, be nice to Jesus this day. And if you feel like it, don't talk dirty. And if you feel like it, don't have sex out of wedlock. And if you feel like it, don't go drinking. And if you feel like it, don't... 
put it into practice because practice makes perfect. Yes? And in Hebrews 10, you see, he tells us, the author tells us of Hebrews, by one sacrifice, Jesus Christ has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. If you read Hebrews, Hebrews 10, is amazing. I love Hebrews 10 because it just tells you everything you are. But you are not of those who shrink back and fall away. You are those who are called and saved. Oh, yes. I will not shrink back and fall away. Why? Because of my own needs, wants, and desires. Because of my own lack of self-control. Because of my own small-minded pettiness. I am capable of all of that. Just to, you know, shock you. It might shock you. It might not shock you to know that I am not above being spiteful. Right? Be honest with yourself. Check yourself. Whatever things are true, lovely, and noble. What would Jesus say? What would Jesus do? I know it's trite and we trot it out. I said to Joseph once, what would Jesus when he said, don't bring him into this? Don't you go bringing him into this. This is between me and you. (laughs) But what would he do? Would he argue with you? Would he be horrible to you? Would Jesus make you feel so small and insignificant and of no earthly use that you have no other course of action but to sit crying? Jesus would never do that to you. But you have the power to be that to other people. So whatever things are true and noble, you put into practice and you roll out because Ammonford needs us. Okay? Not to big ourselves up. They need Jesus. And who's going to get Jesus to them? The church. We are nothing more than a vehicle for the gospel of Jesus. That's what we do. And the peace, God of peace, will be with you. It goes on to the end. I've got it here, you know, right at the end. Okay? It's all about he will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Unless you believe in Jesus and make Jesus the center of everything, you, God's like this. <laughs> yeah, I'm God. And I sent you my son. Now, what have you done with him? You can believe in a creator till the cows come home, but there is only one son. And he is the only way to, to God. So God will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It's all about Jesus. You want the peace of God? It's all about Christ Jesus. You want the gifts of God? All about Christ Jesus. You want, you, want, you want eternal life? All about Christ Jesus. You want forgiveness of sins? All about Christ Jesus. Don't be praying to God for forgiveness of sins when you blaspheme in his son's name. When you're, you know, denigrating Jesus. It's all about him. You want all the promises in this lovely book that God has got for you? Do you? It's not rhetoric, do you? Yes then it's all about Christ Jesus. Every single bit of him. You cut Jesus out of the picture, you cut yourself out of the picture. You will have no access to God the Father. You will be asked when you get to heaven. Well done, you might say. Well done, good and faithful servant. Now come and share in the joy of your master. Or you might say, I never knew you. And you are. You're not on the list. You're not coming in. You know, he, he will say to you, you will be asked one question. We will all be judged and you will be asked one question. What did you do with my son? Oh, and if you say that you did stuff, it'll be, and who have you brought with you? (laughs) Anybody else here with you? What did you do with my son? That's what we should be living our lives like, isn't it? What am I doing with Jesus today? What am I doing with Jesus today? You see, you get all the pastoral lovely stuff. You get all the comfort. You get all the joy. You get everything with him. But you also have to do something. You have to put it into practice because Christ is dynamic. He's active. He's holistic. He's here. He's here, incidentally. 
He's here. Ahmed, he's coming back. Yeah? And when he comes back, I'm going to be, this is selfish, and it is a little bit, I'm going to be first in the line going, I did it for you. It was all about you. Not thinking, right, what time is he turning up? Because I'm going to have to go somewhere because I can't face him. I can't look him in the eye. You know? You want to be, <laughs> don't we want to be joyous servants? Rejoicing servants? Yes, it's going to be, you know. If Jesus walked in now, I imagine my knees would have a little tremble. I'm not going to lie to you. It would probably be a bit nerve-wracking. But you want to go, oh, my father, you're here. You're here. And I want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. And I want him to say to all of you as well. <laughs> you know, I don't just want it for myself. I want him to look at all of you and say, you did a good job. Well done. We did it together. What have you done with my son? We're going to finish there. You know what? There's loads, 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 loads more we could say about this passage of scripture. It's endless, the stuff in here, isn't it? And it's beautiful. But I just want to leave you with this, you know? Ultimate joy, ultimate joy comes from relationship with Jesus. Ultimate joy. There will be no joy like it. He doesn't want you to have a religion-based relationship. He wants you to have a fullness of joy relationship with him. Just with him. You know, get to know him. Enjoy him. You're hardwired. I've said this before. You are hardwired for relationship. You are hardwired for relationship with others. But you are created by the creator to enjoy relationship with him. First, foremost, the priority. Everything. Everything through and for Christ Jesus for the glory, the eternal glory of God the Father. Have a wonderful year. Have a wonderful year. I mean that. Have a wonderful day. Go home. Talk to your family. Love your family. Love your neighbours. Forgive those who have despitefully used you and let it go and have the best of times. But enjoy your relationship with God the Father through the only Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. This message was brought to you by ABC Church. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org or search for us on Facebook or Twitter. You can also contact us by phone on 01269 596000.